Welcome to the only fetish radio show willing to cut through the hype and bring you the truth. So strap in, because you're now in bed with Dr. Sue. Welcome to In Bed with Dr. Sue, everyone. I'm your host, Sue Storm. And tonight I'm continuing with more Fifty Shades of Power as I take you ladies deeper down the domination and submission rabbit hole. So snuggle up and grab a notebook because your man not only needs what I'm about to teach you, but he wants it. I'll be taking questions at the end of the show, so call in during questions, 657-383-0031. Man, a lot has happened in just the month since we were together last. I told you guys 2020 was going to be rough. Holy cow. The U.S. is still a shit show being run by a giant orange mentally ill tool. Let's see. Winter has been far too warm, which I don't know about you, but that scares the shit out of me more than anything. And y'all are still alive despite the coronavirus or COVID-19, which it's now officially named. Just so you can put this in perspective, though, there have been over 19 million cases of the flu this year with over 10,000 deaths, and that's just in the U.S. so far. By comparison, the novel coronavirus has over 40,000 infected with over 1,000 deaths, and two-thirds of those deaths have been in China. So stopped being sucked in by fear-mongering. You have a higher chance of getting the regular flu than you ever did of getting corona. The reason why there's so much focus on it is because it's new, and they don't have a handle on how it's transmitted. And yes, you're going to find that the numbers I just quoted will go up exponentially very shortly. Why? Because the Chinese government and Wuhan province dropped the ball on containment. So there are still so many out there that have it and can't even get to a hospital in China. So don't freak out. When that happens, it's expected. And it's not like China is transparent about what they do on a good day. But I will say this, and I've been noticing this myself. To treat anyone of Chinese descent living anywhere but China as though they're a carrier of the virus is xenophobic and makes you look like the most ignorant moron on the planet. So take that. And while I'm dispelling bullshit... The world of sports suffered a tragic loss with the death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and the other passengers in the helicopter crash. And no one can imagine the pain that his wife is going through right now, along with those family members of the other passengers who passed. It would be inconceivable to try to put that into words. However, let's not forget that Kobe isn't a saint. He's a human being, and human beings have flaws. And in Kobe's case, he raped a 19-year-old woman, and his legal team at the time terrorized her into not testifying against him. He threw money at it, and it all went away like so many of the privileged do. So while you're tattooing this guy all over your body and naming streets after him, remember that all of this is just re-traumatizing his rape victim and glorifying a man who was human, not a god, human. And for those of you who chant that discussing the rape tarnishes his legacy, unfortunately, you have to realize that this rape is part of his legacy. You can't just forget about it or brush it away as if it's old news. 
This happened based on his decisions at the time. It doesn't mean we don't forgive a man of his sins, but we don't forget either. So maybe we should stop canonizing this man and pay more attention to the other families who were devastated by that crash. Kobe Bryant was just a man, a flawed man. Grieve for him and his family, but don't forget. Either that or hold everyone else to the same standard, because y'all are real quick to jump at someone who said something 30 years ago and assume they still hold the same views now. So pick a side. People can change, but their choices are their legacy, and no human is a saint. I'll be right back after this. I can certainly reprogram you to be the most confident alpha male in the world. I can make you walk in and command attention from a room and have everyone in it captivated by every word you speak. I can get you more women than you have ever imagined. Women who are gorgeous. Sexy businesswomen, intelligent, powerful But I won't. No, I'm afraid I can't do that. You see, if I were to turn you into the most interesting man in the world that all women wanted to be with, it wouldn't change what would happen when the time comes for you to drop your drawers. All the hypnosis and reprogramming the world can't change what isn't between your legs. And I would be doing a disservice to women everywhere if I built you up and sent you out there to all those unsuspecting, gorgeous women who would think you have in your pants something to back up all that confidence. And you definitely don't. No, instead I'm going to be doing something even more important than making you something you are not. I'm going to make you what you are. The truth is, the reason you're having issues with confidence is because you're trying to be something you're not. A man. Welcome to The Evil Therapist 2, Twisted Confidence. One of the most popular audios I've ever created. Where you'll be brain-scrubbed into accepting your tiny dick and worshipping Big Cock. You were never meant to fuck women anyway. So get your copy of The Evil Therapist, Twisted Confidence, at thedrsuereview.com and click on Shop. Are you tired of the countless women constantly trying to beg and coerce you out of your money? Do you just want to have a real phone conversation with real doms and phone sex operators who are happy to talk to you about those subjects that most phone sex platforms can't indulge? Then slide over to MyPhoneSecret.com and peruse the lovely ladies who are there to talk to you. New ladies are being added all the time. 
So check out MyPhoneSecret.com, where FinDom is out and PhoneDom is in. The moment a sissy attempts to emulate the divine feminine and discovers the unwavering drive to please alphas, many questions arise. I'm Miss Amelia Divine, pro-dom specializing in sissification and sissy training, and I am the Sissy Whisperer. On the third Wednesday of every month, head over to thesissywhisperer.com where I discuss all things sissy. The Sissy Whisperer is a podcast open to sissies of all levels and alphas who train or are looking to train sissies. Remember, the third Wednesday of every month, enjoy an hour of snark mixed with education, sprinkled with a bit of scolding on the Sissy Whisperer. Yes, yes. For those of you getting your sissy on, check out the latest episode of The Sissy Whisperer, dropping next week with your host, Amelia Devine, who will be distinguishing the difference between cross-dressing, sissies, transgender, and more. And if you have a question about being a sissy, be sure to send it in to questions at thesissywhisperer.com. And the sissy and the sissywhisperer.com. Check it out on Wednesday, February the nineteenth. Um, I have a Valentine's message message that was sent in by Scott, which reads, "To the love of my life, my queen Michelle." And I have a shout out for PJ, who listens to the show and does his reading on the review. Hi, PJ. Thanks for reading and thanks for doing all your education always good. makes you a much better sub for everyone. So let's get this show on the road, shall we? I have a lot to teach you ladies tonight, and it'll be coming fast and furious. Um, I'll be touching on many different things you can incorporate into your new bedroom play. I won't go hugely in-depth into any of these kinks, so if you find one that interests you and your partner, you can check out all the other shows I've done specifically on these topics if you want to dive in a little bit deeper. And you've got to remember that this is about giving you ideas on what you can test. Once I'm done, I'll go over the psychology of all of these so you can get a grasp of why these types of fetishes and kinks. Why are they around? How do they get there? Right now, we're just learning the different ways you can play. Now, on the last show, we got you back to your queenly self, reminding you of your power and how you can use that power to have more fun in the bedroom instead of always being the submissive one. So let's start out with some simple fetishes. I mean, how do you know if your guy even has a fetish, and what exactly is a fetish? Clinically, a fetish is a sexual attraction to an object. Unfortunately, everything gets called a fetish these days, even if it doesn't fall into that definition. So how do you know if your guy has a fetish? Well, the easiest way is to ask him. After all, you're in a relationship, so I'm going to assume you guys are communicating. Now, I get that for many people, discussing their fetishes and kinks can be pretty intimidating. But remind him that you can't indulge it if he doesn't tell you what it is. You're not psychic. So, gentlemen, if your queen is asking you about what you enjoy sexually, you have to be open with her and trust that she won't freak out. And, ladies, don't freak out. You'll set yourselves back. Even if the fetish isn't something that you find interesting, you can still play with it. So never freak out when you hear that your guy has a fetish or a kink. 
The other way is to test these fetishes and see what sticks. It takes way longer this way, and you'll have to get used to running into walls, but it can be done. So let's look at some fetishes. One of the most common fetishes is a foot fetish, and many, many men have a foot fetish. I have spoken over the years with escorts, and one of the first things they ask me is, what do I do with a foot fetish? When you don't understand a fetish, it can seem daunting to try to fulfill it with whomever you're with. But a foot fetish is one of the most diverse and fun fetishes to play with because of that diversity. You've heard me say a thousand times here on InBed that I can line up a hundred men with a foot fetish and each and every one of them will have their own unique spin on it. That's because there are so many different aspects of a foot fetish. So the first thing you need to do is determine what our foot, fetish, what our foot fetishist enjoys. And I'll give you some examples of the diversity that I'm talking about. So I'm going to start with a list of all the possibilities you have with a foot fetish friend. Okay, obviously, number one, bare feet. Now you can get into pedicured bare feet. Going further down pedicure lane, there are guys who love women with French manicured toes, guys who like a specific color of nail polish. Some men love the different structures of the foot, such as arches, the ball of the foot, between the toes, and, of course, the toes themselves. Then we get into some more esoteric areas, such as smell. And for the foot connoisseur, you'll find they know all the different types of smells of feet. Popcorn, vinegar, and cheese are the most common arousing aromas to these gentlemen. There's men who love dirty feet, men who love socks, both stinky socks and clean white socks. Then we move a little bit further out by adding in stockings, both hold-ups and gartered. There's pantyhose. Don't forget your feet are in all of these. And pantyhose can get as detailed as reinforced toe, tummy control, and Cuban heel. Now we can add in shoes. You've got your classic pumps with a stiletto heel, open toe, boots, over-the-knee boots, sneakers and trainers, sandals and flip-flops. Going even more esoteric, there's pedal pumping, where some men get aroused by either a woman's feet in gorgeous shoes or bare feet pressing the pedals of a car. And I'm sure by now you're thinking, I'm never going to remember all of this. I get it. It's overwhelming when you look at all the possibilities. But the key, again, is to find out what your guy's combination is because it will be a combination of some of what I've mentioned, and just like I said, it will be unique, unique to your man. You don't have to remember them all. You just need to find out what your partner's foot fetish consists of, and this works for any fetish. Then you use it to exploit them. Exploit being a naughty word, but it's actually not in this case because this is what they want. So let's say a guy likes a woman's feet in stockings and open-toed shoes, just as an example. Now what? Well, now that you have the key to unlock his desires, you use what you know to your advantage just to drive him crazy. Remember, ladies, there is no difference between this and what you did when you first went out in the dating arena in the first place. You put on your sexiest outfit, you got your hair done, your nails done, your makeup was perfect. Why? To attract a mate. This is the same thing. Only now we have the mate, we want to make sure it doesn't get bored. Or perhaps it needs some discipline. You're doing the same thing as all that 
Only now you have the edge. You know what he's into, so you can design how you look based on that information. In the case of our foot fetish partner, a gorgeous pair of stiletto pumps, maybe some seamed stockings. Now you can put your foot in his crotch when you're out for dinner and play pedal pushing. And let him know that when you get home, he gets even more. Once you get him home, you tease him with them. Put them on his shoulders. Run your toes down his cheek. Have him remove the shoe. Then run your stocking foot all over his face and down his chest. You can make him suck your toes through the stocking. You can jerk his dick with your stocking feet. You see the possibilities with this type of fetish? The key is not to give it to him. Right? For this, this, is, this is something that is weird for most women. The key with this is don't give it to him. Make him work for it. Make him beg for it. You're used to just giving him everything you want. No, 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 no. This is different. You're going to make him work for it. When the shoe is still on after you get home and you can do, then you can do some more crotch stomping, only now he's got no pants on. And I don't mean you stomp him. You push gently. Unless he wants you to stomp him, then again, don't judge. It could be a pain thing. Lots of people enjoy pain. Now, you may never understand it, but that's not your job. Your job is to have fun with what he enjoys. My point is the combinations are limitless. And once you learn your man's combo, you can then have fun teasing the shit out of him with it. Even if you're like me and you have a foot phobia, I hate feet. I think they're weird and gross. But I don't mind someone playing with mine. You can do that all you want. And ladies, don't knock a guy playing with your feet. It does feel heavenly and is quite relaxing and erotic. Stockings and pantyhose are fun. Are another fun one to play with because you can put the foot of the stocking over his dick and jerk him with it. You can even put the stocking on his dick and he can fuck you with it on. Again, the sky's the limit. All you need to do is pay attention to his reactions. You'll know when you're hitting a good spot and, of course, communicate because in some cases you'll find your man doesn't even know his limits himself. It's like exploring uncharted territory together. And that's always fun. So you see, with something as common as a foot fetish or stocking fetish, all the possibilities you have to tease your man, it's like endless. Some other common and fun fetishes to get to play with are nails. Some men go crazy over beautiful nails, and I get why. I remember my mom smoking, and she always had red nail polish on. And I thought she looked so pretty. And when I got older, I went for long nails and cigarettes too. Now, I don't do cigarettes anymore, but you can't argue that the female hand looks much more elegant and sexy when the nails are long and painted. And so what would you do with them? Pull. Run them over his body, of course. Run them up and down the shaft of his dick. A lot of times with nails, it's more about the aesthetic or the look of the hand on his body. Leather and latex. I'm jumping into leather and latex. You can see what you can do with nails. Leather and latex are a fun one for your man to have because that usually means new clothes. Yay! And no, I don't mean a gimp outfit. Don't worry. I mean you get your leather-loving man to get you some beautiful corsets and boots and shoes, skirts and catsuits. 
Leather does have an amazing aroma to it, and the look of polished rubber or latex is stunning. The key with these is to once again find out what he likes about it. It could be the look, the aroma, the feel, or the sound. Remember your five senses because one of them will be his favorite. We all use more than one of our senses to process information. So although men are primarily visual creatures, they use more than just visual images to be stimulated. So you see how this isn't a big, bad, scary, you know, scary stuff that you thought it was? Now, it can go much darker, but for most couples, it doesn't need to. And the idea is always to have fun. But if you decide you're really liking this, my suggestion to you would be to hire the services of a professional dominatrix with a good reputation who is willing to teach you the deeper and what can be deemed darker talents you would need to go down that particular path. So although I'm going to suggest some things here tonight, this doesn't give you a certificate to be wielding a whip. That takes practice and much more knowledge than I'm giving you here. Okay, so here's another one. Let's say you have a guy with a wandering eye. You know, the ones that just can't stop checking out other females. Well, the easiest way to put a stop to that behavior is chastity. And chastity works on more levels than just keeping a guy from fucking around. Chastity, when done correctly, can cause your man to reach new heights of submission and through that process will become far more attentive and devoted to you. By taking the penis out of the equation, you eliminate a huge distraction from his life. And I mean huge. Remember, boys have been touching their dicks since they were in utero, floating around in their mama's bellies. That's why you notice they're constantly touching themselves. It's like they have to const continuously check to make sure that it didn't fall off when they weren't looking. Once you put a device on, it becomes a form of cognitive behavioral therapy. They unconsciously go to touch themselves. They hit the device. Whoops, can't do that anymore. And you'd be shocked at how many times that happens until the behavior starts to change. Now, in the case of light DNS play, the idea isn't to keep him in chastity forever, but I will say it needs to be a minimum of two weeks for any changes to begin to take place. But chastity can be a blast because it not only hyper-focuses his attention on you, but you can play some delicious games with it. Tease and denial games are yummy to play when he's in a device. This is when you tease the shit out of your foot guy, for example, with your feet. See what I mean? You can wear the key around your neck on a chain, and when you're out, all you have to do is play with it and catch his eye. And without saying a word, he'll be putty in your hands because he knows you own him. Remember this line, ladies. Control the cock, control the man. I personally think that every male should experience chastity once in their lives for one month. Just to know what it feels like to have your dick taken away out of your daily focus. It's actually very liberating. There is life beyond your willies, gentlemen. Now, another thing you can try is light bondage. Even the most vanilla of couples will play with some bondage. Only instead of using the silk scarves on you, 
you're simply going to use them on him this time. And once again, once he's tied up, use his fetish against him by teasing him with it relentlessly. Now, some men have encasement fetishes. This doesn't mean you have to run out and get an expensive rubber suit. Not at all. The whole point here is not buying a whole bunch of stuff. We're talking about keeping this in the house, using things that are around the house. So, if you find your man wants something more confining than just being tied to the bed, it's really simple. You start off with inexpensive boxes of saran wrap or cling wrap, and you bind him by going around and around and around him with the plastic wrap. Now, you can either leave his penis in or out. More fun if it's out, obviously. And again, you start your teasing. Now, this is fun with this one, is that you can ride him all you want or play with him, torture his dick at this point. Don't worry, I'll explain torture in a minute. It's not as scary as it sounds. You can sit on his face and make, you give you, make him give you orals. The play is only limited by your imagination. So, now, because I just brought it up, I'll jump to CBT or cock and ball torture. Yes, I know it sounds hideous, but it's actually not that bad. However, it is, okay, it, it, and I know this is, gonna, <laughs> this is where it gets kind of weird, okay. It's obviously for people who enjoy pain, so this isn't for everyone. I'm assuming at this point you've had a conversation and he's told you that he would enjoy trying this. So when you first hear the words cock and ball torture, the one word that sticks out is torture. But we're not actually torturing the penis, but we are doing things that can cause it pain. Remember, of course, that there is pleasure in pain for some people. Now, before I go any further, I want to address the issue of, but I don't want to hurt my husband. This comes up very frequently with couples who are just starting out in light domination and submission play. I mean, as women, we aren't here to hurt our guys, right? We love them. How could we hurt them? What you have to understand is that, just as I said, there is pleasure in pain. For some people, the endurance of pain is erotic. It also brings about endorphins, dopamine, all sorts of yummy chemicals in the body. You don't have to understand it. You just need to accept that it's a thing and it's okay when it's done properly. If you can accept that statement, you can move forward with giving your man a little pain, knowing that you aren't hurting him in a negative way. You're actually giving him pleasure through pain. And you don't have to worry. It doesn't mean you're beating the hell out of him or his dick. Remember, we're just doing light domination and submission, not opening a dungeon. So then, just how do you do cock and ball torture in the average household? Ah, easy peasy, my friends, because the kitchen and laundry hold some of the most marvelous instruments for light pain. For example, if we head into the kitchen, you have a simple dinner fork. Run that up and down his shaft and lightly stabbing at his balls, that can do the trick really well. You can use the old standby clothes peg and put them all over the scrotum, attach them to the nipples. The idea, again, is to use your imagination. There are tons of household items you can use 
to both torture and feel good. You don't have to go out and buy a whole bunch of fancy toys. Remember, you have things like hair ties that can be placed around the base of the penis and used as a cock ring or to fasten a vibrator to the shaft. But use caution on anything like hair ties, though. You don't want to cut off the circulation of the penis or balls for too long, or it won't just cut off the circulation. It'll make everything else fall off. And by too long, I'm talking hours, so don't panic. Think of all the types of fabric in your home that you can use for bondage and tying of the balls. Hell, just using your hand to spank the head of his cock and balls can do it, too. The key is don't overthink it. And what's our motto? Just have fun. And gentlemen, here's something I really need you to do. If it feels good, tell her. She needs feedback big time when engaging in any of these activities, especially at the beginning. She's not a mind reader, and her first instinct will be not to hurt you. So if you don't show her you're loving the pain, she'll stop, and you'll never get it again because she doesn't want to hurt you. And my ladies, here's how you do it. Watch his cock. It will always give him away. If he's hard, you're doing it right, even if he's not saying anything. Okay. Since I brought it up, let's jump over to spanking. I said you can spank his penis and balls if he likes CBT, but for many men, corporal punishment is a huge turn-on. Unfortunately, this is usually a big fuck that for wives. Let me tell you why. Women oftentimes look at spanking and corporal punishment as having to deal with yet another child. Remember, guys, she's tired. She just put the kids to bed. She really doesn't want to have to deal with another child. That's where the reticence is coming in. And in many ways, women think it's just dumb, too. But here's the thing, ladies. If he's into it, Learn to have what? Fun with it. It's not like you have to do this every day. And the caveat for you is that once you've delivered the spanking, you can then engage in aftercare, and that can be loving and fun too. So with spanking, once again, you need to find out what he likes. Some guys like over the knee, which, depending on the size of your guy, can be a bit difficult, but not impossible. If your guy's big, then put him on the bed Flip him over and you're good to go. And you have your choice of instruments from your bare hand to a slipper to a wooden spoon from the kitchen. Your choice of instruments will be determined again on what he tells you he's looking for in the punishment or the discipline. Or if you're both not sure, you try each one and find out together. And that brings us to one of the greatest ways you'll ever play with your man. <laughs> in the bedroom. Anal play. I've been teaching couples anal play since the 90s. I've had women run into my store and thank me for saving their marriage just because of teaching anal play for their men. I never did get the details on how it saved their marriage. I think it's a bit dramatic. But once you learn the art of playing with his prostate, you'll wonder why you never did it before. Why? Because it really plays with your power. It's a very cool feeling to be able to tease him relentlessly using vibrators and strap-ons. When done right, he'll come without anything touching his dick. But for this type of play, I need you to hit the sex shops. 
Now, you can use your fingers. I'm not saying you have to go and buy stuff, but if you do, it's a lot easier to play, and your hand won't get tired. If you're going to use your fingers, though, my suggestion is to grab a box of latex or nitrile gloves that you can grab at Walmart. Why? Fecal contamination is real and can make you and your family sick if you're not careful. When you buy toys to use anally, you never use them anywhere else. I stop guys from doing this all the time. They want to use your vibrator on their ass without telling you. Ah, no, no. They think they can just wash it and put it back. Nay, nay, my friend. You're running a huge risk of causing your partner some serious health issues if you do that. When you're first starting out, I suggest using a curved vibrator. You don't have to buy the fancy schmancy prostate vibes that cost a fortune. Nay, nay. You can grab yourself a simple G-spot vibe that you'll find is way cheaper. As long as it has a curve to it, you're golden. And you want some silicone lube. Why silicone? Because it has more viscosity than a water-based lube. And when you're playing anally, you want it to be slicker longer. And why can't it be a simple dildo? Well, it can, but a vibrator does all the work for you. A dildo you need to manipulate, and when you're first starting out, it's easier to use the vibe. See, when the good Lord created men, he buried a very special place inside their ass. And what is that place? The prostate. But even though you might think the prostate is in the rectal cavity, it isn't, which is why it can be tricky to find. You see, the reason why we want the vibe curved is to help you find it. The prostate is on the other side of the rectal wall, so you have to push on the rectal wall to find it. And it's at the front of the body, similar to where your G-spot is in your vagina, at the front. So you use your curved vibe to find it by sweeping back and forth. You put it all the way in, sweep it back and forth as you're pulling it out. And as you're pulling it out and sweeping, you're also pushing down on it a little bit so that that curved portion is pushing up against the front of the body. So as you're doing that, you're sweeping it back and forth, and then you're pulling it out very slowly. You keep doing that until you find your spot. So you'll know when you found it when he jumps, okay? It's never a, I think it might be there. Um, you know when you're there, and it's not always easy to find. Some men have plaque buildup on the rectal wall, so it can deaden some of the feeling. doesn't mean you can't find it. It just takes a little bit longer. But once you find it, now you treat it like it's a clit. Tease it. Play with it. Tap it with the vibe. Go in circles. Sweep back and forth. And you'll find he'll come without ever touching himself. As a matter of fact, it's better if he doesn't. He'll have a, a much stronger orgasm. And he'll be multi-orgasmic as well. Keep the vibe in his ass after he's come, but dial it down to lower off. Just don't take it out. Give him a couple minutes, not long, turn it back on, and you'll find he'll be hard and able to come again very quickly if he ever lost his heart on in the first place. And you can literally make him come over and over. Eventually, nothing will come out, but he'll still orgasm. Anal play gives you an incredible feeling of power over his arousal. And after you've mastered the art of anal play using a vibrator, you may want to try strap-on play. And for some women, this is a line in the sand. 
mostly because they feel it's butchy to wear one, that they won't feel as feminine while wearing it. To you ladies, I say, try it before you knock it. It does take some time to get used to because we can't feel where we're going, obviously, because it isn't part of our bodies. That's where the learning curve comes in. But once you get past that, it can be very, like a, an insanely powerful tool to use on your little subby spouse. And most men crave this but are terrified to ask you for it. And here's the thing. If you try strap-on play and it really can't get the hang of it or it feels weird and you just don't like it, you can always just stick with your vibes and dildos without the strap-on at all. It's whatever you're comfortable with. He won't care as long as you're playing with him down there. And anal play does not make your guy gay. He can suck a dick and get fucked by one without being gay. So you can take that off your playlist right now. He can't help it if the creator decided to put this incredible spot up his ass. But you can definitely have fun with it. And you're nutty if you don't. So, speaking of gay, <laughs> speaking of gay, there is another fun way, way to play, if you choose to do so. And it's not gay at all. I was just being a smartass. Some guys love the idea of being dressed up. They want to wear panties and more. And this can be another line in the sand for some of you ladies. I don't do this to my hubster because it's a turnoff for me, and he has no incl in inclination towards it anyway. So you see how we just choose to move, and we don't do that one. So it, this is what I mean. You pick and you choose, and you work with whatever you want to work with that works for the both of you as a couple. Um, it's okay to have your line in the sand. It's okay. Just don't come down on him if he enjoys it. You don't even have to participate in it if you don't want to. But if he enjoys wearing panties, really, does it matter? No one knows he's wearing them except you and him. So it's all up to you how you play with this one. But well, many women love dressing up their guys. It's like having a human Barbie doll to play with. So feminization can be fun because now you're going shopping together and going to the nail salon together. It's really all in how you look at it. And one of the things I'm going to go over really briefly tonight is cuckolding. If you decide you really like this domination stuff and you want to take it to a lifestyle change, you can always try cuckolding. Cuckolding is a female-led relationship whereby you get to have sex with other men, usually in front of your partner, but they don't get to participate. Now, the idea behind it, this is not to replace your husband. It's simply about you having fun without cheating. And not only are you not cheating but your husband loves watching you get sexually satisfied. Now, again, this isn't for everyone. You have to have a very strong relationship to even think about doing this type of alternative lifestyle. Your communication has to be stellar, and you have to be completely in control of what goes on in that bedroom. You, the woman, has to be in control. Does it mean that you don't get to be submissive to the stud who's there with you? Of course you can. But in the end, the only one who calls all the shots in that room is you. Why? Because your spouse will be in sub mode and will only want to please. 
that means he can't get counted on. He can, you can't count on him to make sure that this stud guy isn't getting out of control. And by out of control, I don't mean he's beating the crap out of you. Of course, that's not going to happen. I'm just saying you, you have to keep an eye on these guys. Because unfortunately, a lot of cuckolding these days has literally gone to the dogs because these bulls, quote-unquote bulls, studs, try to take control of your relationship sometimes. And because you're not doing this to replace your husband, you have to be the one who guards it like a mother tiger. I would suggest if you want to go down this road that you listen to several of my other shows, such as Cuckolding Extremes and Common Sense Cuckolding, so you can get a clearer picture of what cuckolding is. It's not what your hubby sees in porn. That's called entertainment. So that gives you some ideas of where you can take your newfound queen status that we pretty much went over in the first show. Now you have your, so a few tools, a few ideas. You can play with them. And look, you don't need to do everything. You don't have to do any of it. The key is to make this work for you as a couple. No one should ever feel left out or forced to do anything they aren't into. And there can never be any judgment. What makes it easier for you ladies to understand when it comes to fetishes and male submissive behavior is how it comes out in the first place. If you're like me, if I can give a little clarity on why something happens, it usually makes it easier to digest. Submissiveness, in my opinion, is inherent to the person. In other words, they're born this way. The problem is we raise all of our male children to be alpha males when, in fact, most aren't, and they're forced to have to play the game to survive. But most are submissive males who have to pretend to be alpha throughout the day but would much rather go home and have to not, and not have to, I should say, not have to think about all the crap he's had to deal with all day long and let you make the decisions for a while. So for those of you ladies who think he, you know, just be a man. For those of you that are just going to be sitting there going, well, why can't he just be a man? Just be a man. It's not that simple. And if you feel betrayed that this isn't the man you thought he was, that's because he had no choice but to play the game. Again, you can't blame him for that. When it comes to fetishes, all fetishes are born pre-adolescent in the four, five, six-year-old range. It will rarely be sexual at the time. But if the stimulus happens at a precise point when certain synapses are being formed in the young brain, it will, as I say, plant a seed. In some people, the seed gets water poured on it later in life, and it blooms into a fetish. To give you an example, many men were influenced at a young age by pop culture. Take the old Batman show. You had these beautiful but evil women, Catwoman, the Queen of Hearts, or even later on we had Poison Ivy and now Harley Quinn. Evil women who can take Batman's power away from him. The Queen of Hearts put a love spell on Batman, which made him do anything she asked. Wonder Woman is another one. She had her lariat of truth. She would put that on a bad guy, and he'd have no choice but to tell her whatever she asked. These are powerful images of powerful women. And for some of these men, these images stuck and have led to different kinks and fetishes, such as female domination and even erotic hypnosis. You can plainly see in these examples 
how a boy would then become very aroused at the idea of a woman taking his power away. The truly interesting part in all of this is that you can have two boys watch the same TV program and only one will get a kink or a fetish out of it. Another example you guys know that I use is the one where the gentleman told me he got his pantyhose and foot fetish from driving trucks over his mother and his aunt's feet under the kitchen table when he was about three and while they were, you know, chatting and having coffee. At the time, it's not sexual. It becomes sexual later. I could put another male child under the table with that child, with the same young man, at the same time, doing the same thing, and he'd get nothing from the experience. Why? Because it has to hit when those brain synapses are being formed. And no one knows when that will happen. So try not to look at your man as being a freak when he comes to you with these fantasies, because for the most part, he can't help it any more than someone being born with type 1 diabetes. It's just the way the cards were dealt for this person. And you'd never tell someone with diabetes that they're a freak for having to take insulin, right? Hmm? And the one thing you may never understand is the submissive male's need for humiliation. Humiliation comes with submission. It goes hand in hand. For some men, humiliation needs to be overt. But for the most part, it comes subtly. So the shame you see, you may, you may notice this, the shame you may see your partner experience from time to time is okay. It's part of the game. And humiliation can come, as I said, in subtle forms. Just like I said earlier, playing with the key to his chastity device on your necklace while catching his eye is very humiliating, but he loves it. Be sure to use this constant thread that runs through every subby boy to your advantage. It's not mean. For them, it feels delicious. Me need water. Pardon. Now, you can turn your man into a chore whore to help you more around the house, because that's something else that these guys like to do. Add some humiliation to it by making him wear an apron as he cleans. These are simple little things you can do. If he does a shitty job, chastise him and make him do it over again. Then put him in the corner for a timeout. The idea is to take this submission and instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, use it to your advantage because he wants you to. Don't pitch a fit and think you're married to a freak. You're not. And if you're sick of having a guy who does nothing around the house and eyeballs women when you're at the mall, you need to take control of the situation instead of just bitching about it. Turn him into the male you want by using his kinks and fetishes against him and training him to be your good boy. Because I'll tell you something, there is a sea of women on the Internet and locally who would be happy to do this for your man and probably are. Do you want him going to some unknown cow? Or do you want to put all of his focus on you? Because all it takes is a tiny bit of training and you can have the man of, well, dreams that you never even knew you had. So put down the toilet brush, pick up a nail file, 
sit down and let him rub your feet after he's cleaned the bathroom. You got this. Now, if you have any questions about anything I've talked about tonight, just head to inbedwithdrsue.com or the com and email me. I'm happy to help you out. And I'm going to be right back after this with a huge amount of questions. On the next In Bed with Dr. Sue, it's the Mistress Monologues, as I'm joined by Angela St. Lawrence, the BBC dealer herself, Naima, and Mistress Kiara, as we discuss all sorts of yummy topics, such as humiliation, BBC, penis size, and we'll even dive in and see what these ladies do in their spare time when they're not wielding a whip. Plus, you'll be able to call in and talk to your favorite Dom, and ask them any questions you like, or send them in prior to the show. So join us March 10th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time for the Mistress Monologues, right here on In Bed with Dr. Sue. What's on the Dr. Sue review that you might have missed? Well, did you read the crazy popular... Why do I lose my submissive feelings after I have an orgasm? And guest writer, Mistress Kiara, wrote all about the feminization pimp-me-out fallacy. So if you haven't read these articles, it's time you scampered over to the com and get your read on. I love getting your questions, and you guys have been hitting me with some great ones by email. So, let's get into your questions, shall we? Let, this is this, and I'm not saying who, because none of these have names, because it's all anonymous. Our first question is, last year, I was in an MDLB. For those, those of you who don't know what that MDLB is, it's a mommy-dom-little-boy relationship with a friend of mine, but we broke it off as she got back with her boyfriend. I was wondering if you had any ideas on how I can regain it. Well, the problem is the word regain. Because I don't have any, you know, I can't go back and forth and ask everybody a bunch of questions for clarity, I am going to run with the word regain because that means you want to get back with her. And she has made it clear that she is back with her boyfriend. So regaining it isn't going to happen. She's given you her answer, leave her alone. Um, however, it doesn't mean that you can't find it again with someone else. All you need to do is look for another mommy dom. And there's lots of mommy doms out there. You may have to go to some of the more esoteric, um, say, phone sex lines to try and do some research and find who can because most of the phone sex and clip platforms don't allow the whole adult baby, mommy, dom, little boy stuff going on at all. It goes against terms of service. And try to remember that terms of service is based on credit card suppliers, and they're the ones who say what can be done and what what can't. So it's not necessarily the platform. Most platforms don't give a shit, but they have to follow what you know the credit cards want them to do. So if you're going to go looking for that, look at the, some of the more esoteric places. You're going to want to do um, talk to me. Com, as disgusting as that website is, um, it is the only place that is doing overt taboo stuff. Um, 
the only drawback is please remember that the women on that site are being paid nothing. Okay? Most sites what they pay is a 70-30 split. So the um, talker, so your phone sex operator, will get 70% and the platform takes 30. It's only fair. They're dealing with chargebacks and credit cards and whatever. So that's fine. However, talk to me is flipped the opposite way. They get 70 and the talker gets 30. So I just want you guys to keep that in mind, that essentially they're being whored on that site. So if you see rates that are really super high, that's why. There's you know, a 299 rate, which is as high as you can put your rate, only gets the talker a dollar. So just kind of keep that in mind when you're looking at stuff over on Talk To Me is that these women are being paid nothing. But I think it's a good place to start. So what you're going to do is you're going to start, you're going to talk to them, and then you're going to find someone else. And hopefully you can find someone, once you start doing your research, who's in your area that you can have an actual physical relationship with as opposed to just doing something online. So our next question says, my mistress and hot wife, grr, just needs that last push to fully submerge. He didn't say grr, I did. Just needs that last push to fully submerge herself into the lifestyle. Is there any way I can show her the advantages of becoming a full hot wife, grr, mistress, rather than just fantasizing? Okay, why am I gurring? I hate that term. Please stop calling this bullshit hot wife stuff. It is such a crock. So let's refrain from that word because it's degrading. And um, really, it, 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 this whole moniker of hot wife is just, I, I can't. It's, it is the most degrading thing to women. I can't even go there. Anyway, stop that shit, number one. <sighs> to fully submerge her into the lifestyle, I want you to understand that she may never go down that road. And you have to be willing to play within the confines of your home, which means, like I said, you get, the, you know, get a larger dildo, name the dildo, just like I've taught you guys before, name the dildo, which gets you a third person in the room, and then you're going to use the dildo that way. And I realize that it's just fantasizing, but what if that's as good as it gets? Is that, isn't that enough? What if she doesn't want to go down that road? She doesn't have to. But to push someone, I don't like the word push. I don't want to push someone in, into something that they don't want to do. So you need to find out, first of all, what is it that's holding her back from doing it fully? So without that, I can't really help you. But depending on what that is, then you can then address it or realize that it's not going to go anywhere. So just try, just remember, just because it's your fantasy, it doesn't mean she has to go along with it. So keep that in mind. Um, our next question, <laughs> so cute. I love to wear panties and dress up, but I live with my roomies, and they don't know about this. What should I do? I still do it when no one's home. Just what you just said. Still do it. No one knows you're wearing panties unless you pull your pants down and go, woo, look. <laughs> so if you enjoy wearing panties, damn it, wear panties. Nobody needs to know. 
you don't have to worry about that at all. You just keep wearing those panties. If it feels good to wear panties, wear your panties. And, you know, no one no one needs to know. I don't think your roommates want to know. So just don't show them. Wear your panties every day. Wear them wherever you want to wear them. Because even if you go to the can, no one's checking your underwear. So <laughs> go ahead and wear all the panties you want. And you don't need to worry about your roommates. Um, <clears throat> next one. Um, hi, Dr. Sue. My question is this. I'm a straight guy who's only attracted to women, but I also find that I'm more attracted to trans women than genetic females. I just find women with a penis so sexy and desirable. What I'm wondering is, is the fact that I think about sucking a trans woman's cock off make me gay? Hope you can help out. Well, sure, I can help you out. No, it doesn't make you gay. <sighs> A lot of times when, when we like trans women, when, when we like, because it's not all trans, but whatever, when we like chicks with dicks, let's put it that way, what that's usually coming from is your own psyche that isn't able to handle the fact that you like sucking dicks. You're already worried about being gay. You can suck a dick, you can even get fucked by a dick, and you're not gay. Because in most cases, it has to do with domination and submission, not your sexuality. You're submitting to the cock, not the man behind it. You're not necessarily, you know, you're not sitting there going, oh, I want to be in a romantic relationship with this guy. That isn't what it is at all. So in this case, you are attracted to women with penises probably because it gives your psyche a break. Well, you know, just because it's still a woman, she just happens to have a dick. So you see how it's easier on the male psyche so that now he's going, well, <clears throat> I am, I'm only sucking a dick on, a, on technically a woman. It's just easier for you guys to get past this fact that if you suck a dick, you think you're gay. If you just remove the fact that you're not gay, it has nothing to do with it. You can still be attracted to women, and you can also be attracted to women with penises. It just whatever you want to do. There's nothing that says that your sexuality is being challenged in this at all. At all. So go right ahead. Suck the tranny dick all you want. It's not going to make you gay. You'll still probably be interested in women. You'll still probably be able to fuck women. It's just a preference. And preferences change too. So don't have a panic attack. Just go out there and Suck some tranny dick and enjoy yourself. Remember, we're here to enjoy ourselves. You're here to find joy. You're here to be happy. If that's what makes you happy, who are you hurting? Now, if you're in a relationship, we've got another problem. But that's regardless. That's not what we're talking about here. If you enjoy going out and sucking a tranny dick, then go out and suck tranny dick. Nobody's going to stop you. And again, I'm going to say this again, just like our panty-wearing friend. No one knows what you're doing unless you tell them. So nobody needs to know that you enjoy sucking tranny dick. Nobody needs to know that this is what you do on the side unless you tell them. So the key is to just relax and enjoy what you enjoy. Okay, next one. Um, Hello, Dr. Sue. Thank you for reading this. My wife and I are well into our 50s, married 32 years, bless. I've had, a high, I've had high blood pressure since I was 30 years old. Oh, that's a shame. And about five years ago, I started having trouble getting it up. 
Without Viagra, I'm probably four and a half inches. With Viagra, I probably get a little bit bigger. I am one of those people who you would call sexually submissive. I am absolutely a class A alpha male at work, as, and I'm not going to say what it is because it might be too easy to find him. Anyway, suffice it to say it is a heavy job that he has. And a high, high, high pressure, high stress job, I might add, too. I broached the subject of cuckolding to my wife, who is hot as hell. Stop this, guys. Why do you guys have to qualify your wives? You don't have to think that you're, because he's, he's like, okay, hot as hell and does yoga on a daily basis. Okay, you don't have to qualify your wife's beauty, because beauty is subjective. Stop saying hot wife. Stop qualifying your wives as being capable of cuckolding. Any wife can cuckold. Any wife. Got that? So stop qualifying this shit with, oh, she's pretty. Because, again, it's degrading. Oh, my wife's hot enough to fuck. Well, I would assume so if you're fucking her. So, number one, let's stop this shit. Okay, so, slowly we have progressed to the point where we use the fantasy regularly in the bedroom while having sex for about three years now. Of course, I want to take to the next step, as you always say, her upbringing appears not to be allowing her to do so. Her biggest gripe being her marriage vows. Believe me when I tell you I'm very happy that she came this far and talks about guys at the gym and what they did to her today when she was there. And that talk does wonders for my performance. Beautiful. Love the fact that you're appreciating this, too. She will even make a comment about a guy she might see that she thinks is hot or, you know, I would do him sort of a thing. All jokingly, of course, for my benefit. Lovely. My question is, in your opinion, is there anything more I can do without forcing her to move this relationship forward? Obviously, I want this to be her choice, not mine. Okay. So what you do in this case is once again, we're not forcing people. You need to find out, just like with our other friend earlier, what is it that's stopping her? Okay, so so far you've made mention that it's marriage vows. Okay, that's cool. She, you need to explain to her she's not breaking her marriage vows because you're there. It's not cheating. You're still keeping your vows. The relationship is still very much intact. But where you can sort of lean with this and what will work better for you is if you come at this from the standpoint of erectile dysfunction. Erectile dysfunction, especially when we get into our 50s and 60s, becomes an issue. And that actually is a really good jumping off point for you gentlemen who want to be cuckolded. Because you can turn this and say, look, you deserve to be sexually satisfied, and I can't do it anymore. What I have isn't functioning well. It's not as hard as it should be. You know, and I would really like to see someone else please you. Now, understand, cuckolding is also not just for, you know, oh, it turns me on purposes. It actually works in the case of different types of erectile dysfunction. If you look at men who, who cannot obtain an erection at all, well, they still want to have their wives pleased. They want to make sure that they're getting sexually satisfied because it's no one's fault, obviously, that he doesn't function anymore. 
But, you know, we also want to make sure that she's being pleased. This is where you're going to lean this. And we're going to see what she says. Because you need to find out what that stumbling block is. We know that it's, okay, so if she brings up the part about marriage vows, you're going to go, yeah, but that's not what this is. Then you're going to bring up the point about, you know, you deserve to have yourself, you, you deserve to be sexually satisfied. I mean, and we all do. And in some cases, sometimes the functioning stops. Well, it doesn't mean that the relationship has to completely be put on hold and now nobody gets sex. This way, what you do is you just propose the fact that what if we do, you know, I, this is why I brought this up to you earlier, was because I'm not functioning as well as I used to and I think you deserve this. Yes, at first, she's going to go, oh, no, 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 everything's fine. I get it. You're just going to have to keep trying to find out what the actual stumbling block is. Because if she's, if she's still going, no, I'm fine, no, I'm fine, there may be something that she's not willing to tell you. So, you know, try and find out what that other stuff. There's something down in there. If, she, if there's a reason why, you've got to find out what that reason is and address it. And then... If it's something that she really doesn't want to do, what do we do? We let it go. Okay? It may be that this whole fantasy is as good as it gets, and I want you guys to please accept that. If all you ever get is the fantasy of this, that's okay, and it's better than not even having the fantasy because a lot of guys don't even get that. So I want you to be thankful for it and just let it go. Okay, next one. Told you there was a lot. Um, this is a gentleman that I've been speaking with, and he just he had a FinDom issue. He has a FinDom issue. He said, I believe I'm addicted to FinDom. In addition to that, I have escalated with a feminizing sissy fetish that I am doing more and more every day to be more of a sissy slut. My question to you now is, will this only continue to escalate from here? It's making me question everything about myself, and yet I very much so like it. I feel that I have become very addicted to my financial dominatrix and becoming a sissy. How do I stop? Or what's the best way to get some control back? Because I feel as if it's all controlling me now. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because what you get into is not so much... Um, an addiction. So you, you guys are so quick to use that word. You, I always say, were you, have you been diagnosed as an addict? Well, no. So it's self-diagnosis. Great. Addiction is a very heavy word, and you shouldn't throw it around the way you guys do. Um, but with FinDom, I will say that there can be a serious addiction, as with pretty much anything. And what you'll find that you're, you're not, because this isn't like, you, you have a bit of a physical dependence, not a lot. You're getting a bit of dopamine rush when you're playing around. But it's not enough for us to go, oh, he has a physical dependency on this, because it's not like having a heroin addiction, or you're not doing any kind of chemical work within the body. So it's, it, what it does is it becomes a behavioral addiction. I have to have this. I need to keep repeating this pattern. So where is this all going to go? That's up to you, dude. The only way, the only way 
to stop your FinDom addiction is to stop. A lot easier said than done. Now, the fact that you're kind of doing a feminizing sissy thing, if it was me, I would move you closer to that and away from the FinDom. Now, your problem is, though, you, are, you now have one dom that you are serving who is taking you down this road. And you have devoted yourself to her, and I understand that. But with FinDom, it's a little bit different than it is with regular DNS. Because FinDoms don't give a fuck about you, for the most part. You need to understand that she in no way gives a shit about your well-being. She wants you addicted. She wants your money. And that's all. So is this going to get any better? No, it's not. Not unless you pull away from it. Not unless you tell her to go bite it and walk away. And you have to mean it. This is where, this is where therapists go, I don't know if you've reached your rock bottom. Some people never do, and they tap out. So the problem with any addiction, any addiction at all, is having something to replace it with. When you look at rehab programs, the first thing that they're teaching you is to give it over. Take AA, okay? We take AA, for example, give it over to God. So what are you doing? You are turning yourself over to God, and you're focusing yourself on your religion. Do it great. But do you see what I'm saying? It's taking you away from the alcohol. Now you're going to focus over here. This is the basis of most rehabs. We're shifting your focus, and that's what you need to do. If you really want this to go, the problem is most of you guys bitch and complain, I don't want to do it, I, I don't like this anymore, but you, you, you do do it, you do love it, and you keep going back. That's the cycle I'm talking about. But the only person who can break that cycle is you. And that means you have to reach, quote-unquote, your rock bottom to where you go, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm done. Which means you have to dump this broad, say no, and then we're not going to take you away from sex completely, of course. Shift your focus to something else. So in this case, what I would do is shift your focus to the, to the sissy fetish and move away from the FinDom and more to the sissy fetish, which means you'd have to break with your Dom, because she's only into money, and go with a Dom who's into sissy. And then you'll have something that's just as pleasurable to a point, because nothing's ever going to be as pleasurable as you getting your money ripped from you. I get it. But you've got to have that secondary focus, or you're screwed, because that's why you keep, when you go, never going to do this again, and you stomp off, and you're like, oh, fuck this. You always go back to it. Sissies are classic for this. That's what I do. <laughs> Ask Amelia. Purging is heartbreaking. You guys take all your shit, you throw it in the dumpster, walk away. You're going to go back to it. Don't throw your shit away. So in the case of a sissy, we don't want them to throw their shit away because it's a lot of money, right? You want to go back to it, you're going to go back to it. It's just who you are. In the case of FinDom, though, it's slightly different because FinDom usually always goes with with another fetish. There's always a secondary fetish with it. There's some other thing other than financial that you're into. 
So in this case, she's moved him into feminizing him, sissy. There's going to be something else that goes hand in hand. That's the key right there. Whatever it is that your kink is with Findom, focus on the kink, walk away from the Findom. That's the only way you're going to be able to do it. So, you know, can you get your control back? Yeah, but it's all up to you. Sucks, but there is no pill. There is no easy way out. Okay, next question. Do women actually like being licked, kissed, and or whatever, in or on their bummy? Or is it just a treat they let their sub or sissy have when they have been extra good? Okay. This one's an interesting one. Let me tell you why. Two key, two things in this one that I noticed. One, whether a woman likes getting her ass licked or not is up to the female. It's going to be a total crapshoot. So it'll be a 50-50 shot. Some women do, some women don't. It's just preference. That's all. I never, this is just another way to look at it. So you see how they're looking at it as, oh, well, when we've been extra good, we get to lick it. This is what I find cute. See, I find ass licking to be intensely degrading. I don't look at it in any way as an extra good reward, especially if you like it. If you like it, you don't get it. You have to earn it. But from my point of view, I look at it as this is intensely degrading, and I want to degrade you. I'm not doing it as a reward. So you see, it just depends on how you look at shit, right? So I get it. You know, for some people it's, it's a reward, and for some people they look at it as a punishment or discipline thing. So in this case, you know, we're going to look at it as they're looking at it as they want, you know, it's being extra good. You're being very good sissy. So, you know, now you get to lick my ass. It's all in how you develop it. It depends on the person. And it's, it, there is no right or wrong way to do it. It just is the way it is. So, um, oh, this is a good one. You're going to love this. This is the last one. Um, are there any health benefits to doing CEI? Okay, what is CEI? CEI is come eating instruction. Okay. I heard that it may serve as an antidepressant, that it can create a slight feeling of euphoria. Can it become physically addictive? Okay. Now we're back to our addictive friends again. This is actually really cool. I heard that it may serve as an antidepressant. Good one. Nice try. Um, no, it doesn't serve as an antidepressant. I'm sorry to say if that were the case, everyone would just be sucking dick and we'd all be happy. Hello? No, it does not work as an antidepressant. Um, the slight feeling of euphoria that you're getting is coming from, okay, so think about it this way. When you ejaculate, you're having dopamine, prolactin, and you've got some, you've got serotonin in there. There's a whole bunch of really cool stuff in an orgasm, okay, that your body's handling at one time. So you get all this really yummy, yummy stuff. That's what's giving you the feeling of euphoria. It's not the cum that's doing it. It's the orgasm that's doing the euphoria. So 
it would only serve as an antidepressant if you were orgasming every minute of every day. It's just not gonna happen, dude. Sorry, hate to hate to shit on your parade, but no. That's not the antidepressant that you're looking for. You would still need something else. So nice try. I mean it would be great if you could run out going, Ah, oh, suck a dick. Antidepressant. But no, it doesn't work from that. It's actually coming from the orgasm itself, those feelings. Now, can it become physically addictive? Physically addictive? No. Can cum eating become a behavioral addiction? Of course. But in fact, does it matter? You eat all the cum you want. Go right ahead. <laughs> Have fun. Right? There's nothing wrong with eating cum. Provided the person's not sick, you don't end up getting something. But, you know, within proper guidelines, yeah, nothing wrong with eating cum at all. So go ahead and eat cum. It, it is not going to serve as an antidepressant. I'm sorry. I, I, you're going to have to go on the regular ones if you want an antidepressant. And the feeling of euphoria is coming from your orgasm, not from the cum eating. Okay? So, no, it cannot become physically addictive. Ta-da! So there. Thank you guys for writing me. This is, I love getting questions. This is absolutely marvelous. So just keep them coming. I can't get enough questions, honestly. Um, I want to thank everyone in chat tonight. Thank you so much, Dwayne and Sir Beast and Suzanne was here. A couple of other people. Um, you guys really make the night. You really do. Be sure to hit up the Dr. Sue review and catch up on your reading. And don't forget, the next show on March the 10th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time is the Mistress Monologues with Angela St. Lawrence, the BBC dealer herself, Naima, and Mistress Kiara, where you get a chance to call in and ask questions of your favorite dom in advance, or call in that night or in advance. You can do that. We're going to be putting it up very shortly. You can send in your questions for these lovely ladies. As we chit-chat discussing things such as humiliation and penis size and BBC and getting to know more about these lovely ladies, like what sorts of things they get up to when they're not beating your ass. And there is a huge announcement at the end of that show. So remember, that's March 10th at 10 p.m. live right here on InBed. Don't forget the next Sissy Whisperer episode drops next week on the 19th at the sissywhisperer.com. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Be safe uplift each other, and most of all, be happy. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.